this is Delvin Keysbury, aka Hey Delvin on Twitter and Instagram. And today on Conversations, I have guest uh, a friend of mine, an old friend of mine by the name of Steve Lai. Steve, in a moment I'll introduce you, but welcome, Steve, to the conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me, Delvin. Looking forward to the chat. I wanted to um, chat with someone today about uh, communicating with confidence and public speaking. And so I thought of you because you're you speak for a living, but more than that, you speak <laughs> yeah. you speak in front of a camera for a living. So, so as we go along, I'll be asking for a few insights and um, you know some anecdotes and some uh, life lessons from your journey. But you know, first of all, thank you for making time, Steve. No problem. It's a pleasure to be here. So uh, yeah, just fire away as many questions yeah. as you want. I'm, I'm all yours. What do you want to know? We'll try and go for roughly half an hour and plus minus, if we're feeling good, we might go for a bit longer. But if we find that the chemistry is like really flat. <laughs> 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 we'll just call it quits, quit while we're ahead. Right. Oh, look at the time, everyone. No, I gotta go early. Yeah. By introduction, everyone, if you're not uh, familiar with Steve, briefly, Steve is a news anchor for CNA. CNA is a Singapore-based regional broadcaster. Uh, they have a footprint across 29 territories in Asia, including Australia and the Middle East. They stream all day, every day. They've got a YouTube channel. They're uh, trans media, meaning they go across different media platforms, radio, TV, all that good things. And Steve has been with them for seven years plus. So Steve, um, that's a bit of a mouthful, but maybe in your <laughs> own words, in your own words, Steve, maybe tell us what you do as a news anchor. And okay, also well, most... fill, in, fill in the gaps because I'm sure I've missed a few things as well. I uh, know. I think you uh, covered quite a bit of ground there. Uh, it's quite exciting at CNA at the moment. We're doing a lot of things sort of in the digital space as well because, uh, you know, our audiences are everywhere and they're consuming news everywhere. So yeah. uh, we're trying to be on all sorts of different platforms, like you say, digital space. YouTube is pretty exciting because that's not geotagged. So people yeah. all across the world can tune into us 24-7 uh, on that space. Uh, I'm a news anchor, as you mentioned. So essentially... I'm sat behind a desk uh, delivering news in the evenings. I look after our two sort of one-hour flagship shows, Asia Tonight and Singapore Tonight. As you could mm. tell by the names of the titles, one has a more sort of Asia focus, but we also do cover world news, of course. And Singapore Tonight is a, a lot more sort of Singapore-centric and Singapore-focused. Um, sure. They're both an hour long. We have guests. We have uh, correspondents from around the world, analysts, uh, academics, newsmakers. We bring them into studio. We speak to them uh, through... Uh, various different, you know, from satellite through uh, online, you know, now it's so easy to, to Skype with people and to get access yeah. to, to sort of the brightest minds and, and sort of industry experts and, and people on the ground as well, <clears throat> excuse me, people on the ground as well and sort of all around the world. So wherever sort of events are happening and news is breaking, uh, then we can cover it. And we've, our main focus is, of course, Southeast Asia uh, being yeah. in Singapore. So we have correspondents yeah. in all the capitals of Southeast Asia. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's quite a quite an exciting time to be in news because there's just so much going on, and, and we have access to so much, and there's so much to mm. make sense of as well. Mm. Mm. And you also wear a few other hats. Like I was reading through your LinkedIn, you're also the senior producer um, at CNA. So does that mean you kind of craft and produce and design content, or what does that mean? Uh, yeah, I guess that's sort of an internal thing. Uh, everyone sort of starts as a producer in the beginning, okay. you know, scripting stories and, and okay. editing footage and, and sort of contributing to sort of the stories of the day and things like that. Uh, but since I started presenting, it's, uh, uh, I sort of sit on top of that, I suppose. So we have a, yep. we have a big team for any yep. news bulletin or news belt. Uh, we'll have yep. a team of like you know, four or five different writers, a few line producers yep. as well that really sort of stack the bulletin and put it together. Um, yep. So... For me, it's more I need to be on top of the the story or all the stories as a whole. So I don't sort of get bogged down now so much with the editing of footage and stuff, but I have okay. to be very well read about sure. the different topics. And in case, you know, we have breaking news, events happen yeah. on the fly, we have to sort of be across a lot of different stories and be up to speed. So a lot of my day is actually sat behind a computer reading, uh, not mm. out loud, but to myself. Uh, sure. just so I have like a handle on all the different sort of stories of the day that we're covering and then uh, and then essentially for the shows that we do, my job is, is to read it clearly to our viewers that are watching and help them make sense of, and help them understand, you know, mm. all big talking points and, 
and the different sort of sides to every story and, and you know, draw this sort of information out of the guests that we speak to as well. Yeah, sure. And you've been doing this for seven plus years now at CNA. And, but I, yep. I guess to go even before then, um, you were in front of a camera for a little bit as well before then. Um, so this is a bit of a, a big question, but maybe for now, just give us a few, you know, a few dot points about some of your proudest achievements to date, because I was reading through your LinkedIn again, and sort of the whole bunch of things there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's been an incredible seven years at CNA. I've covered mm. some humongous stories in, in really yeah. interesting ways as well. Uh, so some of the ones that have jumped out to me uh, last year when US President Donald Trump and North Korea's leader Kim Jong-un, they actually came to Singapore for the yeah. Singapore summit, the meeting between these two leaders. So yeah. obviously happening in our backyard, we had to give it uh, as much attention and as full coverage as we possibly could. Uh, yeah. So I was very fortunate to be chosen to sort of uh, front the coverage for that. So we started 7 a.m. in the morning and yeah. I was still on air talking about it at 9.30 at night. It was the <laughs> longest day I've ever spent on TV, but I was nearly on air for about 12 hours that day, uh, walking our viewers through, you know, what was the, the what they were going to be meeting, what they were going to be talking mm. about and, and just sort of how the events were going to be sort of playing out on the day itself, but also the bigger context sure. of what it really meant to the relationship between the US and and North Korea, but also South Korea and, and sort of the other regional sort of countries that are involved in all of this. So it was quite a fascinating yep. day. That for, for sure is a day that will live long in the, in the memory because it was just such a long day. And I don't think I've ever been on air in one <laughs> chunk uh, for that long. That was quite remarkable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another one, I suppose, I don't know why President Trump <laughs> seems to feature a lot in the stories that we <laughs> that we cover at the moment. Uh, he's always yep. in the news. Um, but his election, actually, uh, in 2016, and it's memorable, uh, one, because no, a lot of people didn't see that coming. The polls didn't seem yeah. to indicate that it was, they, they thought it was going to be close, but it really did come as a, a surprise to many, including yeah. our uh, pundit in studio, our Democrat pundit. We had one Republican and one Democrat oh. to sort of talk yeah. us through as the results came in. And, yeah. and again, that was another eight-hour session on air as the results <laughs> coming in, following us up to speed and, and talking about yeah. it live. And our Democrat pundit broke down in tears when wow. Hillary Clinton, yeah, when Hillary Clinton uh, couldn't bring herself to come out and concede a defeat uh, and oh. sent out her representative instead. And yes. our Democrat pundit just lost it on air. And I've, it's the only time in the seven years I've been doing this that someone has cried on TV and cried mm. in studio right next to me. And that, that was yeah certainly one to remember. And uh, I suppose if I can give you one more, um, yes. a bit closer to our home here in Singapore. Uh, when Lee Kuan Yew, the former prime minister and, and uh, the founding father of Singapore, as he's like to be called, um, when he passed away, I was actually the one that broke the news. And wow. it was at four o'clock in the morning. We had been tracking his ill health um, for the week um, previous. So we had all been put, all the senior presenters had been put on different shifts um, throughout the 24 hour cycle. Just, yeah. you know, so if it did happen um, and they'd feel comfortable with, with who was ever was on air. It was about 3, 3.45, 3.55 in the morning. And yeah. I was packing up to go home. I'd already done the last read I was supposed to do at 3 a.m. And there was just a flurry of activity. People yeah. started, a lot of the senior line producers started moving, moving around and whispering yeah. to each other. And it, we'd sort of got the sense that it might happen at any moment. So when I saw that right. happen, I thought, okay. I think I got to get back, get into the studio. And at 4.10, uh, we broke, oh, I broke the news that the leak when you passed away. And of course, at 4.10 in the morning, uh, everyone was as fast asleep. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, yeah, so I broke the news and then I handed over to my colleague who'd come in uh, to do what from like uh, five o'clock onwards. Mm. And I remember thinking that, I mean, everyone knew that uh, Mr. Lee was in poor health and that it was going yeah. to happen at some point. Uh, he was quite old as well and quite frail. Um, but I remember thinking on my on my way home that I was in this position to, to break this news and, and pretty much all of Singapore was still asleep. I mean, they weren't going to mm. realize or, or yeah. they were going to wake up to the news six mm. o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, whenever, whenever they did and get on with their day. Yeah. And, and I remember thinking that Singapore was about to experienced something that it had long thought about, but mm. uh, when we were going to see quite what the reaction was going to be, and it was quite overwhelming and quite breathtaking mm. how, how revered mm. he was uh, here in Singapore after he passed. It was uh, mm. That was quite a memorable piece of uh, history to be a part of. 
even though my part of it was incredibly small and sure. largely, if not entirely, unnoticed. So it's it's safe to say that you don't have a, I guess to use the word loosely, a typical nine to five job, Steve. No, not at all, not at all. Uh, it's uh, it's quite a quite a, quite different. It, although it's, although it is fairly consistent though. I mean, I work Monday yeah. to Friday, and I work yeah. sort of, sort of uh, two to eleven or three to midnight, those sort of hours. Um, two, but two, uh, when the big things happen. Okay. Yeah, it does change though when big things happen and stuff like that. Oh, uh, one more thing I should mention about things. Sure. You mentioned uh, things that uh, stand out to me uh, that I've been able to do uh, as part of this job. So CNA is part of MediaCorp, which is sort of Singapore's yeah. media company. And they host, they were, had the rights to present the, the World Cup last year, the Football World Cup. Uh, and I put my hand up to present it because I'm a big sports fan, uh, if anyone that knows me. Uh, and I was able to present some of the football matches. So as a result of my background of being a sports presenter at ESPN and obviously my yeah. love for sport and yeah. the hours worked out quite well. So yeah. I would do my normal job and present mm. Asia tonight and then Singapore tonight and finish that at 11. And then I would switch over into football mode and I would present the football, the World Cup football matches that kicked off at 2 a.m. in the morning. So, and I did that for like a month. I was, it was probably the most exhausting month <laughs> I've ever had because I was yeah. working from, from like five in the afternoon. They let me come in a bit later until like five in the morning or six sure. in the morning if they went to extra time and penalties, which yeah. they did in the semifinals. So, and the quarterfinals. So it was, uh, that was a remarkable month. So yeah, I've been pretty fortunate, pretty blessed to be able mm. to cover big significant moments, but also have a few moments uh, that I really yeah. treasure and enjoyed myself yeah. as well. Steve, have you seen that show? It's called The Newsroom. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, um, I'm a big fan of that show. I'm surprised. The Aaron, the Aaron Sorkin film, right? Yeah, only went for one Aaron, season. Aaron's I was, series. Yeah, I was, I was gutted because I really enjoyed it. Um, and because and, as part of the, I guess, the research or the preparation for this talk, I, I kind of <laughs> rewatched a few highlights from that series thinking like, this is, this must be kind of like roughly what Steve, um, Steve's life and Steve's job is like. <laughs> Any similarities or not nearly as dramatic or, but oh, I guess yeah, no, the, the point is, no, no is way, that it's, it's really fast paced, yeah? Yeah, it is very fast paced, uh, but yeah. it's not as um, dramatic in real life. I mean, you have to understand that's television, right? So they've got an hour <laughs> that they've got to cram in as much drama as possible. Sure. So maybe, maybe one episode of drama is maybe sure. six months worth of drama in the newsroom, yeah. you know, where yeah. people are losing them, you know, get shouting at each other and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, not that it doesn't happen, but it doesn't happen in quite the same dramatic sure. flair and yeah and uh and pizzazz but it's um yeah i i enjoyed the newsroom as well it was pretty <laughs> fun to watch i like the technical side of things when when they're sort of interacting with the presenter as he's on air uh jeff daniel's character and yeah. you know he's having two conversations right he's presenting the news <laughs> and he's also having a conversation with the guys in the gallery yeah. um, and i like that sort of dynamic so see behind the scenes yeah, sort of yeah. there was this there was a scene where they kind of uh, showed how uh, how the events unfolded when he was covering the 9-11 attack and how yes. he just stayed on air. And while, yes, yes it's, it's all just, it's all television and TV and dramatic, but mm. just that moment where I think he said along the, something along the lines of, look, everyone, I'm just going to stay with you, um, you know, sit with me and let's journey, journey through this together uh, or something along those lines. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's the power of, of you know, of TV, right? Because I think we live in a day and age where TV has become... It's just part of the media landscape, whereas, yes. you know, TV has been around for such a long time. And, and for those of us who, um, you know, appreciate the art and the craft of TV, appreciate those moments where it's like, while there's a screen and there's a, a camera there, there's still that, that connection, right, with the audience. Yeah, well, you're always trying to be speaking to sort of one person uh, when, yeah. you're in, when you're in front of the camera and talking. Um, so, and I remember that moment in, in the newsroom as well. It was mm. quite telling. I mean, if you think about it, 9-11, I mean, back then, that's not even that long ago, 2001. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it feels like it's not that long ago. It probably is. It shows yeah. our age, perhaps, or my age. Um, <laughs> uh, but back then, you know, we didn't have phones that you could talk to yeah. and do interviews like we're doing yeah. right now. I yeah. mean, everyone, as soon as people knew that the news broke, they had to go and find a TV to see what was happening. Mm. Um, no, I remember where I was when that happened. I was in the UK yeah. studying, uh, mm. and I sat in front of the TV the whole afternoon, just yeah. watching it all unfold. And it is, mm. it's quite remarkable. Uh, but those mm. sorts of experiences, I suppose, they just happen differently now. Now, if something yeah. like that were to happen again, 
you know, you can yeah. get news information from Twitter. You can That's right. uh, get yeah. news information from all sorts of platforms and sorts of media. Yeah. And that, that kind of segues to my next question around, mm. now that you've been in, I guess, the game, if I can call it the game for such a long time, what do you do now, which is different from what you did when you first started so many years ago? I mean, and even before the seven years with CNA, um, I mentioned at the start that uh, we're, we're old friends. Uh, once upon a time, you were based in Brunei, uh, as was yeah. I. While we never grew up um, in similar circles, uh, I guess we both share that Brunei experience. And yeah. as part of my reading about your journey, Steve, you were once upon a time uh, on Brunei TV as well. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I, I guess, yeah, yeah, so the question is, what do you do now, which is different from you know all those years ago back on RTB, Steve? <laughs> Well, back on RTB, radio television Brunei, uh, back in the day, I did that part-time. And I did it because yeah. I knew when we were planning to come to Singapore, I would need some experience of a different kind of job. And yeah. I had kind of thought about not being in the corporate world. I used to work at the Economic Development Board uh, in sure. Brunei. And I knew I didn't want to do that again uh, or work yeah. in the corporate space. I wanted to try something different. So it was more of a... Yeah. And I figured if I was going to work get into TV in Singapore, then I would need some experience. So RTB was mm. really... I was really fortunate that they trusted me to be on their radio to begin with, yeah. and then they put me on air on TV reading the news. Um, but back in Brunei, it's a part-time job, right? So you don't have the presenters there. It's a very different thing. You don't have to write anything. You don't edit anything. You just sort of turn up and, and pretty much just read. Yeah. Um, whereas for now, for here, I've got to, there's just so much research to do. Like I'm always yeah. on Twitter checking, seeing what's happening, what's how stories are sort of progressing, uh, yeah. how things are developing. So I'm a lot more on mm. top of. Well, it's a full-time job now as well. It wasn't part-time sure. back in Brunei. Yeah. Um, so I'm a lot more in, in, involved in in finding out information and, and searching for things. Sure. Uh, that's sort yeah. of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. Um, in front of the camera stuff, uh, it's taken a long time, to be honest, for me to, to get to a point where I'm a lot more relaxed on air. Uh, yeah. And I think that just comes with experience, right? You, It's a, it's, it's a tough... The, the problem with TV work is that the only way you can get good at it is to do it a lot yeah. and the only but to be able to get to a position where you can do it a lot yeah. uh people need to trust that you're going to get better sure yeah because if you i mean no one's very good at anything when they first pick it up and first start sure. and if yeah. you don't have uh, a platform to try and a platform to improve then mm. people will very quickly come on screen and then disappear off screen and not have, sure and not grow on and go on to be, have a, a career in it. So I was quite fortunate yeah. at CNA yeah. that they trusted me uh, mm. to sort of stick with it. Give us some, a bit more um, granular details, Steve, in terms of the, mm. the mechanics. Do you mean, okay. uh, what about the, the way your, your, your inflection, your tone of voice, mm. um, looking into a camera, all those sort of things. Did you, because I, I you're, you're saying that you're a lot more relaxed now and all of us who watch you on TV, we know that. Uh, yes, but yes. was it like a... Did you did you get coaching? Did you did one day the, the light bulb just go off and like, geez, I gotta change that, change that, or did you get feedback? Yeah, talk us more through the mechanics of it. Okay, okay, so okay, so uh, yeah, so it, the interesting thing about TV is that, like I said, you can only get comfortable with it the more yeah. you do it. So I knew I had to get more, but also I needed to be more confident and comfortable in myself because I only yeah. got into this or changed career path to become a presenter in my early thirties. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm competing with people that have been doing it since they were in sure. their 20s and, and that yeah. sort of thing. So I actually signed up to do voice classes, yeah. uh, to learn about intonation, about breathing, about voice control and all that kind of thing. Uh, but where I had signed up to do voice classes, they didn't have any uh, that were running at the time. So they offered me a discount on an acting class. Um, so I actually, so I thought, why not? You know, I've got nothing to lose. I've always wanted to, to try acting as well. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something yeah. very fun. Uh, so I just signed up and did it. And, yeah. you know, once... Once you spend, you know, a couple of hours crawling around on the floor pretending to be an elephant or a baby sure. or, you know, yeah. and loosening up in, in your in in your skin, yeah. uh, then suddenly being yourself yeah. in front of people becomes a lot more comfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other thing I learned from the acting class as well about was about connection, was about, mm. you know, being able to get what you're feeling across and what your, your intention is across yeah. um, through all the different mediums, not just how you speak, but how you look, how you gesture, yeah. you know, yeah. your body language, all those yeah. sorts of things. So if anyone was thinking about getting into presenting or reading the news or anything like that, sign up for an acting class. I think that would be really helpful. And um, yeah, it helped me tremendously. Uh, and, and then it's just experience. And the more hours yeah. you, you do it, the more often you do it, the more things mm. 
that go wrong while you're doing it when you're on air, you know, yeah. your auto queue fails, the line drops yeah. to the correspondent you're talking to, and suddenly you've got to think on your feet yeah. and fill fill like five seconds, ten seconds to get yourself to the next story. Uh, yeah. And the yeah. more that that happens, and the better you sort of more comfortable you get at it, and then mm. and then you know after a while you sort of start to relax and you go, okay, I've got this. I know what, yeah. I know what to do when this happens, and it becomes yeah. a bit more automatic. Yeah. And I think the the audience also will pick up on that. They they will get yeah. that your things aren't always going to work out fine because it's live yeah. television. Uh, yeah. Things will go wrong. Yeah. But as long yeah. as me in the seat, as long as I'm not panicking and not freaking out and getting all nervous about it, then really it's okay. Then it's fine. Yeah. And then it's just about being yourself and about relaxing and, yeah. and about you know doing your best to, to deliver mm. the news. Mm. Yeah, because you know, Steve, I've been involved in public speaking now for a few years, a few years as well. I'm not yeah. in front of a camera in terms of my in the work I do, but I do a lot of like uh, workshops and keynotes where there's a live audience in mm. front of me, be it uh, in workshop setting, you know, 12 packs, 15 packs, up to like a conference with like 300, 400 packs. Um, and there are a lot of similarities with what you're saying in terms of camera work and being in front of a live audience because uh, I mean, this is like a giant conversation piece, but things like it's not what you say, but how you say it in terms of your tone of voice, your yeah. posture, your breathing, your pauses. Um, and I, I recall there was once uh, there was a I was invited to do a talk and I didn't have that much time to prepare. <laughs> so clever me, I, I had a script which I wrote. I memorized the script. <laughs> so I delivered the script on the day. Um, and then it was recorded, and when I watched the recording, I, even though I, I hit all my points, uh, I hit all the highs and the lows, um, I, watching it back, I realized like I'm just reciting something. I'm being a robot. I'm, I'm not being natural versus yes. being in the moment. Uh, there's a bit of broken grammar here and there, a few ums and ahs, which is all part mm. of speaking naturally. And yes, yes I, I know what you're saying because there's a bit of a fine line between um, you know, perfection and, uh, and, and progress, right? Because you want to reach out and connect with your audience. Yet, I think, I, I find that when people are a bit too perfect or too polished, it takes some of the, 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 the rawness and the, the, the humanness away from the moment. Yeah, a bit too polished, perhaps. Is that what you're saying? Like it, it loses yeah. authenticity in some way? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I I know like on news on on live TV, it's probably different because you're on TV, right? So there's there's a very very small margin for error in terms of being yourself. Uh, but yes. when it comes to speaking with a live audience uh, in a workshop or in a keynote, um, the live audience they look they look for that human element that the guy on the stage or the lady or the man on the stage, he or she is not just reciting, but they're actually feeling what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. So when it's it's interesting you say about the rehearsing thing because I mean, with uh, let me talk a bit about TV and then come back to the public yeah. speaking that you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so on TV, we have very finite amount of times for each story, right? Everything yeah. is timed. Uh, yeah. You know, you have 30 seconds for this story, 45 seconds for that story. You've got yeah. a live cross with a correspondent, and you've got two questions for them. Yeah. They've got like a minute for each answer, something yeah. like that. Uh, mm -hmm. So our correspondents, when we're doing line checks with them, they're actually going through their spiel of what they're going to say yeah. because they know they've got. A minute and sure. and they've got a lot of information to pack in so <laughs> yeah. like like you were saying yeah. that uh, you memorized a short speech and then you you gave it and you look back and it sounded a bit robotic yeah. uh, perhaps uh, they also will rehearse what they're gonna say but just so that they make sure they hit all their key points because the last thing you want to do on a two-minute hit yeah. with a correspondent is your correspondent suddenly to, to, to freeze and forget what their next point was yeah and then you know, then it, the, the moment yeah. is kind of, it still sort of stops. Yeah. So for TV, everything has to be very bang, 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 bang. And, yeah. you know, it's very, very quick and concise. Yeah, so we really, point. so the delivery is, is more about getting the information out there and, and yeah. not so much um, really, you know, looking into the eyes of your, <laughs> your of your audience and, yeah. and getting them to feel what you're feeling, you're yeah. disseminating information. So, yeah. but when you're, when you're talking about uh, when we're doing the news, I try and and when I'm looking through at the camera, I mean, essentially, we're looking at a camera with a, with some glass and words that are moving up the screen. Um, and when you first start doing that, you end up your eyes are just you know unconsciously moving across the screen, yeah. and yeah. and you can tell that people are reading. Uh, what's great about 
some of the sort of American news or the Western media and that sort of thing. They are reading off yeah. the screen, but you can never yeah. tell because they just sound so yeah. conversational as they read it. Sure. And, yeah. and that's really sort of the goal. And so I always think when I'm doing the news that I'm mm. telling this story to an individual, whether it's, mm. it's my mom or my mom's friend or, you know, like, have you, you know, uh, you're, guess what happened today? And then I'm like talk, yeah. talking to them like that. Um, mm. Public speaking is very different. I mean, if we, yeah. it's, I mean, in a studio, there's no one in there. We have like a, you know, maybe a guy, one or two guys on cameras meeting things, but it's yeah. deadly quiet in the studio. Yeah. There's no audience or anything. So yeah. if you crack a joke and you're waiting for like some laughter, you sure. know, at the end of the show when we're closing up and it gets a bit lighter, sure. and Glenda and I or Dawn and I are bantering about a story. Yeah. It's very quiet in there. You don't, sure. there's, nothing to, there's nothing to feed off, uh, sure. as it were. Uh, yeah. Whereas for public speaking, you can kind of get a gauge from the audience, like, are That's they paying right. attention? Are they interested? Yeah. Are, are they yeah. finding you funny? And which has its pros and cons, uh, mm. to be honest. I mean, some rooms can be pretty tough. Uh, if you're coming in, doing something yeah. after a lunch break or... You know, it's, uh, you know, all these sorts of things. Have you tried your hand at a comedy, Steve? At stand-up? Yeah. It's on my to-do list. It's on uh, my to-do list. I might have to wait till I'm uh, done and dusted with the news business, though. <laughs> I don't know. It's the sort of thing that you could probably ruin your career. I would think, sure. Uh, have, there been any, the have there been any moments, like bloopers live on TV, where either you or your, your colleagues, they're just laughing uncontrollably? You, know, you see on, like, Facebook sometimes, like, uh, bloopers or uh, caught on camera, those sort of things where things just go terribly wrong or things just <laughs> slip out the wrong way or just they just can't stop laughing. Any stories like that, Steve? Yeah, yeah, that's happened. Uh, there's been a couple of moments where some, someone's got the giggles and yeah. not been able to read uh, and someone else has to sort of take over and yeah. you sort of try and make light of it and you really, sure. really hope that it doesn't happen during a serious story, <laughs> obviously. Um, but there's, yeah. yeah, I mean, there was once I was standing up by the video wall and I had some scripts in front of me and, you know, you're, you're as you're looking at the camera and you're, because you have the hard copy in case you know, yeah. the order dies and you have contingency yeah. and stuff. So, you know, as I'm flipping a page, one of them just drops and it's not, not like straight down, it sort of goes like, like that and then drops to the floor. <laughs> and I was like, in that split moment, you know, I'm like, do I acknowledge that that happened? Do yeah, I yeah, yeah. bend down and pick it up? Do I leave yeah. it there? Um, yeah. And, and you know it's like one of those moments. I said, I guess I'll get that later, and then carried on reading. And then you know you try and you try and make it as smooth as possible, even sure. though inside you're kind of like yeah. Yeah. you know these little moments. And and the TV, it's quite a remarkable thing. Like three seconds of of, of silence or dead air really does yeah. feel like a long time. So yeah. you're yeah. always constantly what, trying to what I've learned guard from, against uh, those sorts of moments. What I've learned from my journey is um, that even when there are mistakes or when things go wrong, it's nearly like, it's nearly the thing of, if you don't, if you don't tell the audience that something's gone wrong, they don't know that uh, something's gone wrong. That whole, you know, well, you might be panicking underwater, but above the water, like a duck, just appear cool and calm and collected. Where oh, like, yeah. once, you, once you admit, uh, oh, actually I hit the wrong slide, or oh, so sorry, I, I, I missed the point. The audience doesn't know, right? Whereas, uh, I guess on, on TV, it is different because, yeah, like, like what you're saying, three seconds, two seconds feels like a long time if there's like dead pan silence. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's quite funny that you uh, that you mentioned that the, like sometimes you'll make a mistake or you're pointed to the wrong thing and you're like, yeah. do I correct it? Do I yeah. just carry on moving? Do I, mm. you know, obviously if it's a factual error, you want of to course. correct yeah. it as soon as possible. Um, yeah. But little things like, if a if a phone line drops and or you ask a question and there's no answer coming back on the other line and you're not yeah. sure if uh, the person's connection has gone or if they if there's just yeah. a long delay, you know those moments yeah. can be very sort of you know live TV anything and any, any yeah. absolutely anything can happen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So Steve, let's go a bit deeper towards uh, public speaking because today's topic is on speaking with impact, right? Because. Yeah. Um, this is a this is one of these you know one week long kind of conversations, but I've only got you for another you know 10, 15 minutes. So let's go a little bit deeper into some of the practical aspects and the, the yeah. tips and the tricks of the trade, so to speak. Um, yeah. Before this conversation, I put up a question uh, on my IG story about uh, what questions should I ask Steve, and a couple of the questions which came uh, through was one was around nervousness, and the second one was around kind of pre pre-live TV rituals. So let's do that one first. Like like things like, do you, 
because um, we've, we've all seen those TV shows where you're about to go live and someone's like either touching his her lucky coin or doing like a <laughs> la 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 like a, a warm up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you have any kind of pre-live pre TV ritual, Steve? Um, not particularly. <laughs> I always I always go to the toilet um, yeah. before we go on air, uh, yeah. regardless of if I need to or not. Sure. Um, just because you, you, know, you never know how long you're going to be on there. Yeah, life happens. happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, life happens, and um, but that's—I mean—that's not the most pleasant one for people to hear. But you know, it—that's it, what—that's what I do. Um, okay. But when I'm when I get into studio, I'm usually very light. Like, light. Um, all right. So we, you know, looking forward to talking about this, and I'm like joking with the crew. Okay. And and you know, just bantering with the with the studio guys and the, the yeah. talking to me in my earpiece and yeah. And I'm keeping it really light, like I'm talking about anything, like it's foot, it could be football. Yeah. There's quite a few guys in the office. We're all in this fantasy football league, uh, so uh, usually it's when I'm always asking them, you know, well, who are you, <laughs> who are you benching this week, or who are you bringing sure. into your team, that kind of stuff. And I always keep it really light. I mean, I know the show is going to go for an hour, and it's going to be like a freight train, and we've got a lot to do. Okay. But I find, and I, but I find like it just keeps everyone relaxed and keeps yeah. everyone sort of more, yeah. well, myself especially, but, you know, we've got a serious job to do, but there's, it, it, yeah. I can't go in there like two minutes to air and I'm like deadly silent <laughs> and I'm just ready. It, it just doesn't work for me that way. So I'm okay. usually trying to keep it as light as possible. Um, so you're not, in front of, of, you're not in front of a mirror saying, you are awesome. You are feeling good today. Doing some Bruce Lee kind of stuff and jabs and punches and Eye of the Tiger as I walk through the studio doors. None of that, no? No, none of that, none of that. It's all fairly relaxed and fairly, you know, it'll be very casual conversations like, hey, you ride into work today, I know it's raining, you know, you know, that sort of stuff. It's all very, you know, it's like you're any other colleague. Sure. In any other industry, having yeah. a chat before you're about yeah. to do and have a meeting or something. Sure. Like, what about uh, nerves, Steve? Do you still get do you still get nervous or jittery before you go on live? Uh, sometimes, more so when we have obviously the the shows are all planned and we know what we're going to be talking about. I mean, anything can happen, but you have a framework. Um, yeah. it's, it's when things go when things happen live, like if like a few years ago we had a bomb blast in in Thailand near sure. near a temple. And then we were on the, on a wheel, which just means we're cycling through for like two hours, two and a half hours, trying to gather information. Yep. Um, that's when it gets really uh, not intense, isn't the word, but exciting, I suppose, is the word, yep. because you don't know where you're going to go next. So you're doing a recap, and you're mm. trying to give context to what's happening, and you might not necessarily have anything in the auto queue, yep. and and they'll say, okay, we've got a guest lined up, and then you just you know, <laughs> there's no questions prepared, yep. but you you know, but because you know we have to be sort of well read about stuff, you yep. know. The, what you what to ask and, and mm. what to stay clear of and, and stuff like that. So it's, I, I find the the live TV is is a lot of fun. Um, mm. In terms okay. of nerves, I think if you're out there and you're nervous about public speaking, I embrace the nerves. I mean, it's mm. good to be nervous. It means yeah. one, you care and that you're energized and that you're ready yeah. for it. Mm. Um, just don't let it sort of eat you up. Uh, mm. Use that nervous energy. Um, yeah. I've had people on stage and you know you can tell that they're nervous but mm. don't say you're nervous just say you're excited like I'm really yeah. excited to be here because you are yeah. I mean that's what your nerves are yeah. sort of your nerves are telling you that this is yeah. something important and this is mm. big and this is exciting yeah and uh, you should really just embrace that and, and lean into it yeah and I think that goes hand in hand with uh, being prepared as well because it's mm. only to be nervous because we all get nervous right but yes there's a big difference because I work alongside a few other speakers and some have been in the game for a long time, some are quite new. And every now and then comes along someone who thinks he or she is all that, so to speak. And yeah. they, they come in all flashy and charismatic and you, you kind of know that they're hiding behind the energy. Like they haven't really put in the preparation and the, the research behind what they're saying. So I, I think it, I think it goes both go both ways, right? You have to get, uh, embrace the nerves and energy, but also make time to prepare. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, you'll be found out pretty quick. Yeah. I think yeah. people know um, a pretty good gauge if you're if mm. you're not being honest or truthful or you haven't done the homework. Any suggestions on how to get over the, the fear of public speaking? Because again, yeah. like I was doing some research and it ranks higher than the fear of death itself, you know, because people, <laughs> people either love speaking in public or they really, really dread and hate it. Yeah. So, so what, what are your thoughts, Steve, on that? 
I think the the number one is practice, right? Again, it's like this it's like this TV thing, right? Like you, yeah. the only way you can get good at it is if you do it, and the only way to do it is to have put yourself in the opportunity yeah. to to do it. And you you're gonna suck uh, to begin with. No one's like a natural because it's not a natural thing to necessarily do, right? Not everyone yeah. has a reason to make a speech or speak to like tens of or hundreds yeah. of people. Um, yeah. But the best way to do it is to practice it. Like if you're on yeah. your own, you have a mirror, you have a camera just just do it it's a mm. bit like when you record your voice for the first time and you listen back to it <laughs> and you go oh do i really sound like that <laughs> and, it, and it makes you cringe a little bit being on stage and being in front of the camera is the same thing when you first see yourself it's going to feel unnatural and yeah. it's going to make you cringe but you've got to go through it so if you've prepared mm. like a 10 minute speech go through it start to finish in front of the mirror yeah. just say it to yourself and then you know and then or do it in front of a camera and record and just do it over and over and over again. Do it in mm. front of people that you love, now the people that love you, because <laughs> they'll be they'll be gentle. Um, but hopefully they'll but ho hopefully they'll also be able to you know to to give you some pointers along the way and and yeah. be open to the to the criticism because you know yeah. if you're putting yourself out there in in a public space whether it's on TV or public speaking, there's yeah. going to be comments um, yeah. and you're going to have to be ready for them. And, and yeah. but just but think of it as as a performance, right? And yeah. separate the performance that you're doing as the public speaking from the mm. performer yourself. Yeah. So everyone can have an off day, every performer can have a bad game or a bad speech. Sure. But yeah. just take the lesson and try and improve on it for the next time. And don't don't take the criticism too bad, but do yeah. you know, pay attention to what yeah. to what's going on. But um yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I think practice, you really gotta you really and it's one thing when you've written a speech that you're gonna give that's for, that's ten minutes long. Yeah. But sometimes words on paper don't sound the same right. when yeah. they're spoken. Yeah. And some words on paper will run quite easy to read, but if you read them out loud, they might be a tongue twister or yeah. you know, some words that follow others. Like yeah. if there's the, the one word I always struggle with is meteorological, you know, the met agency, the meteorological agency. Um, so I really hate it when that word comes out. So, <laughs> but you know, but you, because how it looks on paper is like, oh yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. But how you say it, how your mouth yeah. moves, and yeah. that comes back again to you know whether you do voice classes or you do those warm ups, yeah. Uh, yeah. all helps. I mean, if you're if you're going to do a sport, if you're an athlete or or take parts, you're going to yeah. you're going to stretch, you're going to yeah. you know you're going to run through plays, you're going to you know sit, do things like that when you're in, in the practice. Yeah. So yeah. you should do the, the same thing when you're when you're. The worst, the worst that I struggle with, and this will sound so silly, but holiday. Holiday, holiday. <laughs> my my tongue is tied. Holiday and remember. Sometimes I get my, my M's jumbled up. So I, I know these are the, my my two um the, the two words that I always get caught up on. Holiday, yeah. holiday. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, Steve. Yeah. I, I I've asked this question to uh, quite a few people now, right? This this whole question around um any tips and tricks on how to be a better public speaker, and. Mm everyone eventually comes back to the practice point yes. that there's no there's nothing that nothing quite beats practice and I, sometimes when we when i speak to people about you know how do you how do i get better at speaking in public everyone's waiting for this kind of a magical um, secret which is like all right you got to do this thing and once you do that right it all flow but everyone comes <laughs> back to this sense of hard work Discipline, practice, and I think that's the only that way. There's about, no shortcuts. That can be said about so many other things in life as well. Yeah, mm. absolutely, absolutely. There are no quick fixes. There are little tweaks you can make, maybe. But uh, really, if you want to be be speaking and be projecting your best self, you yeah. need to be comfortable being that self. And the yeah. only way to be comfortable in that way is to do it as often as possible, and, mm. and, and to, to the point that it becomes second nature, right? Yeah. So that's the only way, I'm afraid. There's no, mm. you know, you use certain words or you, yeah. you know, you stand or look in a certain, you know, everyone's different, uh, yeah. how they, how they pull it off. So yeah. it really, it really is just hours. You've just got to, got to put yeah. in the hard work. No yeah. good fixes. I found that on camera, because I'm, I'm not in front of camera that much, but mm. I've seen videos and photographs of when I've been on camera. <laughs> One of the things that I realized is my eyes get really kind of small when I speak like, like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's one of these things where from afar it looks like I'm being slightly suspicious or shady. So it's wow. one of these things again this this whole point about if you're if you're not recording yourself or you're not reviewing your own content, you just don't realize 
some of your natural tendencies, right? Whether it's the way you speak, whether your eyes go really small, whether your eyes go really big, uh, it goes back to this, you know, this whole, the, the basics of practice, record yourself, review, ask for feedback. And even with feedback, um, the first time I, 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 I recall back when I was early in my uh, public speaking days and I gave, uh, um, I was emceeing for an event. Yeah, so Delgo, who uh, I think back then he was really big into Toastmasters. Uh, after the talk, he pulled me aside and said, hey, uh, hey, Delwin, can I give you some feedback? I'm like, feedback? I didn't ask for any feedback. Yeah, I'm a rock <laughs> star. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, you know, um, you know, that was such a long time ago. And now uh, I'm a feedback junkie where I ask feedback all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the only way to improve is really to, to get that sort of feedback. And, and you'll generally find that people are nice about it. I mean, no yeah. one, I'm, no one's ever going to say you suck they'll just tell you on things that they think you can improve on right mm. um but you but if you're gonna put yourself out there you need thick skin right yeah correct you need to be yeah. able you need you need to have a certain element of thick skin which is yeah. why i can even go back to the acting classes why it's just right. have, signing up for an acting class when you're being silly in a, in a room full of strangers yeah you know your thin your skin gets a little thicker and you realize that there mm. isn't really nothing <laughs> so much to worry about really mm. Mm. Uh, mm. you're not gonna yeah. die of shame you're yeah. just you know you're in a role and you're performing something and then mm. you know it makes you a bit more comfortable in your own skin sometimes mm. any other tips steve for aspiring you know anchors or tv personalities because you've already touched on practice you've already touched on mm. acting class uh, and recording yourself any other suggestions because i guess yeah. it's not one of these jobs where you see an ad on the paper every day about right it's not like all right uh, news anchor required you know uh, i guess it's, a lot of it comes down to uh, if you know someone who knows someone or you're going for an audition um any advice or insights in, into that space steve on how someone yeah, can the, be better prepared jobs, or yeah yeah the jobs do get advertised though we i think we have an advert okay. on, on, link, on linkedin uh for presenters every now and then when, we, when we're looking to recruit um but but it's you really yeah just gotta put yourself out there it's there's it's very much an industry where things won't come to you mm -hmm. um and the same with public speaking no one's gonna yeah. you know approach you mm -hmm. out of nowhere and say hey would you like to come and talk about this yeah. unless yeah. they know what it is you do so sure. in the same way public speaking or, or working on tv or whatever you need to be putting yourself out there yeah. and that means you need to be visible you need to be uh, producing content like yourself or you're mm -hmm. always producing content content like what we're doing right now yeah um, you need to be showcasing what it is you can do mm. um, and if you're not doing that then you need to be working on the craft yeah. of how to do it better yeah uh, whether it's an acting class or a voice yeah. class um, or, or whatever it or whatever it is mm. Um, mm. there's always because there's always going to be up there's there's not a competition in this sort of thing um, yeah. you can't run away from it it's just what it yeah. is um, so you need to be, you know, out there and doing stuff. Mm. Yeah, and that goes hand in hand with not just perfecting your craft, but also learning how to sell yourself or marketing mm. yourself. Uh, that's a yeah. great. That's a great quote. It goes along the lines of, um, if you're in business and if you're not advertising or marketing, it's like you're. It's like as if you're in a party and you see someone that you like, and you wink at him or her, but the lights are off. Right, because even, <laughs> even though you know what you're doing, but because the lights are off, no one else knows what you're doing. Yeah. So yeah, this this idea that um, you got to learn how to, like like what you're saying, Steve, uh, put yourself out there, make content, um, create some visibility somehow. Yeah, that's right. You certainly do. And and I think another good way of doing it is is think of the people that you aspire to be like. Yeah. And then look into what they're doing, uh, right or wrong. Yeah. So in my case, it would maybe for like news anchors. Uh, that I think are really good at what they do, uh, then I might follow them on Instagram or follow them on Twitter just yeah. to see how, because you know, they'll give insight on, on how sure. they're looking at stories or, the, yeah. or their work practices and stuff like that. And you can get an idea of, of what it takes to, or what sort of mindset they're in that makes mm. them good at what they do. Yeah. Um, and if you can do that, then you know, it helps you. I mean, don't think you have to come up with everything on your own. Yeah. Uh, we're all here to learn from each other, right? So That's we're right. all here to learn from best practices from, from other people do. So if you have, you know, heroes of your own in whatever industry you're in, mm. um, whether you're a blogger or a personal yeah. or a, a professional speaker or, or whatever it is, then, mm. you know, don't just admire people, 
and think, oh, that person's really good. I want to be like them. Actually yeah. look into what it takes for them to be yeah. them uh, and, and see if you can apply anything that might mm. make yourself better in that mm. way. Yeah, there's, there's a line that goes, um, success always leaves clues. So the, so the point being, you oh, know, I like that. Um, I like that. yeah, the, the point being, if you're, if you admire someone, just study them, right? Model them, yeah. study them, see what they do, um, borrow, you know, model after them. Steve, if you could go back in time and have a sit down chat with the 18 year old version of yourself, any thoughts on what you say to the younger Steve Lai? Oh, one tight slap, I think. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, as an 18 year old, I, I was, I don't really feel too much different from when I was 18, to be honest, but um, I would probably tell myself not to be too passive. Uh, don't passive. take life. Yeah. Don't be so passive. Be a bit more active. Uh, sure. If you want to do something, go for it. Don't because you only like the only things I think I regret are the things I didn't try. Um, yeah. I've been very fortunate to have done quite a few things in my life that I'm very happy about. Um, yeah. But the things that I, I wish I could have told my 18 year self is that, you know, why not? Why not do that earlier? Like, why not try mm. out for the theater uh, class in school? I mean, I was always yeah. playing a lot of sport and, and played all in, I was in all the like, rugby teams and football teams in school. Um, mm. And the theater guys and the, and the sports guys didn't mix. But I think if I had, you know, if I had gone down that road and tried it a bit earlier, then maybe I would have gone to TV a bit earlier. And maybe I'd be mm. a bit further along in this sort of journey that I'm on. Uh, than I am mm. now. Not that I'm complaining at all, but when you think mm. back of when you're young, um, you know, you, you think you have the whole, your whole future ahead of you and you do, which mm. is great. But if you're, you know, if you're not, if you're just being passive and letting life come at you rather yeah. than going out there yeah. and getting it and chasing stuff that you really want to do, yeah. then you're going to miss out on opportunities. And I kind of wish I was just a bit more, uh, assertive about what I wanted to do and then went mm. out and did it. Um, mm. which I'm being mm. a lot more now, as I'm older, yeah. maybe it's something you do only realize as you as you mature and you get older, perhaps. But uh, mm. I think that would be the one thing. Don't be so yeah. passive. Yeah. In the same vein with what you're saying, for myself, it's to stop getting a part-time job earlier. Because I'm, mm. I'm not sure about you. I'm not sure about your household, but in my household, <laughs> my parents were always study first, finish your degree, and then look for a job. As opposed to here in Australia, you know, once you're 15, 16, 17, um, you're encouraged to just, you know, go work for McDonald's or Hungry Jacks or KFC, yeah, yeah, just yeah. Do, do something. something. On right? the weekends, in the evenings, yeah. just to earn a bit of money, right? Yeah. Also, so, yeah, that's a really good advice for anybody. I mean, then you really know what the real world is like, yeah. right? Then you get a, an early taste of, you know, the, the, the value of money and, and yeah. how hard you have to work to get, to get you know, to get by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, great, great advice. Mm. Steve, uh, two more questions. Uh, actually, three. Uh, who or what inspires you, and why? Oh gosh, uh, who inspires me? I know a lot of people do. Um, <laughs> I guess the one closest to home uh, is my wife. Is that too safe an answer to say? Oh, that's good. Uh, but, but but why but though? Why? Oh, because she's <laughs> she's just she's the hardest worker in the room. She's always trying to she's always trying to make things better. Uh, yeah. Make things better for for work, for colleagues, for us at home, for family, mm. for friends. She's always um, she's just always trying to make whatever situation she's in a better situation and, and doing well uh, to sort of lift everybody. Um, mm. And I, I find that something I could probably be a bit more proactive in as well. Two more questions. The, the second last one is what's next? What's, what does 2020 look like for you? Uh, I know that you recently started a podcast of your own, so maybe you want to give that a plug as well, Steve. But yeah, yeah what's actually, that is uh, one something I'm really excited about, actually. Um, it's been a, a while in the making, trying to get um, everything in place to kick this, uh, this podcast off. It's called Good List, Bad List. Uh, we've, we've just wrapped our second episode, Ed, uh, this morning. I just published it this morning, so that's up on wherever you get your podcasts uh, from, whether it's uh, mm. Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, it's available on the CNA website as well. It's called Goodness right. Badness with Steve Light. It's sort of a an informal but informed look at the news stories of the week. Mm-hmm. So myself, I host it, and then I'll invite in a couple of the other co-anchors or news anchors from either CNA 938, which is our radio um, our radio arm, or my fellow yep. TV presenters. And it's kind of like a news you got news news people talking about the news that got their attention in the week. Okay. So whether it's uh, the U.S. president getting impeached, or whether it's um, a grab hitch driver that was uh, 
sentenced to prison for um, for inappropriate conduct with his passengers. Mm. Um, you know, all the stories that are getting some traction and buzz here in Singapore yeah. and yeah. around the region. We'll try and cover that, and we'll try and determine you know what merits a place on good list, mm. bad list. So we're two episodes in. Um, we've got a, a two-week break uh, for yep. Christmas and New Year's, and then yep. we'll pick it up again and really sort of push it hard. It's sort of like a soft launch, I guess, in December, and then we'll mm. go big on it in um, in January. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, and that, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that a lot because that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, good list, bad hard list. Work. It's hard work, isn't it? Uh, it is, but it's... Uh, it's, it's, it's fun, yeah. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Being able to deliver the news in a different sort of format yeah. and, and a more conversational way. I mean... TV news that we deliver on a daily basis is very sort of, you know, you're in a suit and you're yeah. delivering it very formally. Whereas this is much more like a conversation amongst amongst friends um, yeah. and, and what we think of the news stories that we're covering. So it's mm. sort of a behind the scenes look as well, yeah. if you like. So I'm looking forward to, to, to working mm. more on that. Yeah. Um, there's links on my, Insta on my Instagram sure. account if anybody's interested to find out where that is. Um, yeah. The other thing I'm looking forward to uh, this year uh, is the US election. Uh, that's mm. going to be quite, I mean, we've already... The U.S. has always been quite fascinating uh, when yeah. it comes to politics. It's been I agree. no let yeah. up, no let up since uh, President Donald Trump came yeah. to office, mm. and he's up for re-election uh, next year in November. Mm. So the primaries are happening for the Democrats to see who's going to be the one to, yep. to challenge him, and he has all sorts of legal uh, challenges against himself at the moment. So that's going to be quite fascinating to watch as the year unfolds, mm. um, as well as all the big Asian <laughs> stories that we'll be covering. Uh, that should be quite, yeah, plate is full, plate is full. On the Olympics next year as well, mm. which I'm hoping, a bit like how I did some work for the Football World Cup, I'm hoping yeah. I might get to do some work for the Olympics yeah. as well yeah. next year. Great. Well, Steve, how can the listeners uh, follow your journey? Is there like a particular account you want to check out afterwards? Yeah, so Instagram is uh, sort of the behind the scenes kind of stuff, uh, yep. behind the scenes and beyond the newsroom, uh, Steve Lai underscore. Yep. Uh, I couldn't get Steve Lai, just Steve Lai, because, you know, Steve Lai, there's a million of us out there. <laughs> um, you know, Delwyn Keysbury is a lot more unique, so you're very lucky. <laughs> uh, but I did get Steve Lai on Twitter, so I'm Steve Lai yep. on Twitter, or I'm Steve Lai CNA on Twitter, and I have both those yep. accounts. Um, but Instagram is probably a fun way to, to keep up with what I'm up to, uh, and Twitter. So Steve Lai CNA on Twitter, and Steve Lai underscore on Instagram. Great. Well, Steve, we've... Um... We've, we've nearly touched the one hour mark, so... Um, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for everyone for staying with us. <laughs> All right, Steve. Well, let's stay in touch. Uh, I look forward to following your journey more and more online. Likewise, um, I hope to catch up with you in person sometime soon. I might yeah, be in Singapore come 2020 to see my brother and all that. So if I'm there, when I'm there, I'll give you a, I'll give you a text. Yeah, please do. Please do. It'd be good to touch mm -hmm. base again. Anyway, thanks very much for this, Delwin. It's been a lot of fun. Great. So thanks you. thank you so much, Steve. There you go. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to my conversation with Steve Lyon. This was a fun one where we exchanged notes, ideas, and insights on the art and the craft of public speaking. So wherever you are on your journey, whether in front of camera or in front of an audience, big or small, this one would have had something just for you. Before you go, please rate, subscribe, and review this podcast. It's going to help me out in a big, big way. Also, as always, if you'd like to send me an email, send it to heydelwin at gmail.com. You can reach me on Twitter and Instagram as well. It is at heydelwin. We will see you in the next podcast. But until then, take care. God bless. I wish you every success. And remember to always... Back yourself.